You're listening to Guitars and Granola Bars, episode 35. Thank you so much for joining me here on Guitars and Granola Bars, Music Therapists Talk Motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Rambach, and this podcast is for music therapists and anyone else balancing a passion-fueled career with being a mom. This podcast is sponsored by Music Teachers Helper, the best way to manage your private music lesson studio and or music therapy practice. I've used Music Teachers Helper every single day since 2011, and it is one of the best tools I have to keep my private practice running smoothly. Music Teachers Helper is online scheduling and billing software, which you can access from your computer, laptop, tablet, and smartphone, and saves you hours every month, enables you to generate reports for taxes, and ensures you never lose track of a payment. Once you add a student, which is super easy, you can choose to automatically send students custom invoices that can be paid by credit card if you make that an option, automatically email lesson and session reminders, late payment notifications, notes, and so much more. So many amazing features, I can't even list them all here. Every user also receives a free, easy-to-build website template to help market your studio or private practice. Ditch the costly web designer or programmers and have complete control over your website content. With dozens of professional templates available, you'll be sure to find one that best expresses your style. Whether you have five or 50 students, Music Teachers Helper works with studios and practices of all sizes. They offer a 30-day no-risk trial where you can test it out to discover how much time you'll be saving. If you use the link in the show notes or go to www.musicteachershelper.com slash podcast, you'll save 20% off your first month if you choose to sign up after the trial. In this episode, I'm chatting with Katherine Hershey. Katherine is a board-certified music therapist currently filling the role of stay-at-home mom to an energetic one-year-old boy. She maintains her professional identity by blogging, networking with other music therapists, and seeking out opportunities for advocacy. Catherine enjoys exploring San Diego with her toddler and husband, reading old books, and drinking the occasional glass of wine. so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, my pleasure. So let's start with you giving us some background about how you came to be a music therapist. Okay. Um, well, I have been a musician for my whole life. As, as long as I can remember, I, I don't remember learning how to read music. So <laughs> that's, that's how long it's been. And I, when I was looking for what to do in college, uh, my initial thing I went for was uh, music education. It seemed like it would be a good fit for me because I liked music and I wanted to use it to help other people. Um, But the thing, I had a problem with music education because I felt like I would stop learning if I became a teacher. And I wanted to be able to keep learning as long as I could. And and I also wanted to use it in a little more helpful capacity. 
So my mom actually discovered music therapy for me. And um, so, yeah, once I heard about it, it just seemed like the perfect fit for me. So I went to a music conservatory in Ohio and got my music therapy education there. And then I did my internship with uh, hospice, MJHS hospice in New York City. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really great. What led you to New York City? Well, um, actually, so I have a bit of a, um, a visual handicap. And so I wanted to go somewhere I'd be able to use public transportation. And well, that's, that's certainly kinda, the place to do it. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was perfect for me because I did not feel like um, at a disadvantage there because I could get around as easily as everyone else. So um, I also needed a stipend, and <laughs> so a hospice internship was kind of the place to go to get a good enough stipend to get me through it. So. Sure, especially in New York City, I can imagine what the expenses yeah. were like there. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I ended up living with a bunch of strangers who ended up being really good friends of mine by the end of it. But it was like I moved there in this like really weird situation where like I found a place to live four days before my internship started. And so just like up and moved up there, just having talked to someone on the phone and and but it turned out really good. Yeah, it was an adventure. For sure. That was super brave of you. I don't think I could ever do something like that. (laughs) I was just determined to, you know, do it because I I was starting to fear that I would have to postpone my internship or or find one somewhere else. And I really just wanted to do it. And, you know, so So what was it like adjusting to to being there and working there? Well, there were actually a lot of adjustments going on at the same time. Um, because actually I got pregnant like three days into my internship. Oh, wow. So, (laughs) yeah, so my mommy journey like started at the same time. And also, um, I, so I started my internship in July and then in the beginning of September, my husband left for boot camp for three months. He's in the military. So, um, yeah, most of it was by myself, pregnant and living with strangers, (laughs) I cannot yeah. <laughs> even begin to comprehend what that must have been like for you. How how yeah. did you do it? What tell us, how did you do it? Okay, I well, first of all, I had the easiest pregnancy ever. Like there was I was tired a lot, but you know, I would just come home from work and sleep for 12 hours usually. Mm-hmm. And so um yeah, I don't know. I wrote my husband a letter every day. He wrote back to me like once a week. And I just kind of kept myself really busy. And, and well, okay, there were three other interns with me. And I owe a lot of my sanity to them because we were able to kind of form a little community. So, and I've talked to other people, I guess that's not always a normal thing to have a lot of other interns no. at the same time. Especially were they at the same like point in their internship as you too? Yes. We all started at the same time. Oh, and that's amazing. Yeah, and we actually did not do a lot of work together because it was a hospice, you know. So we'd have our team meeting once a week where we might see someone else. And then we're on our own for the rest of the week. So we actually, you know, we got to know each other really well outside of work. And and they were super supportive of me, like, when I was just, like, 
you know, <laughs> afraid or just frustrated that I wasn't hearing from my husband or just so they would invite me over to have dinner and, you know, we're just like a really good support. So <laughs> and did everybody at the hospice know from the beginning that you were pregnant? No, they didn't. I told my supervisor and then the other music therapist knew. So they would kind of ask me how I was doing. But um, actually, when I hit like the six month point, I started actually showing and people were like, wait a second, have you been pregnant this whole time? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And I'm like, oh yes, I've been pregnant. And I had the worst morning sickness at the time of day when I was at a nursing home, which is the worst place to be feeling oh, nauseous. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I would, I still have no idea how I got through some of those sessions, like trying to be respectful and not, you know, look like I'm gagging right. and like keep singing and stuff. That is impressive that so. you were able to do that because I don't think most people could. Uh, I think it was just sheer will at that point, or I don't really know. It was two years ago, so. Yeah, just I'm even wondering mentally, how did you focus on your internship when you were, you know, planning for having a baby and dealing with all the pregnancy issues? How how did you keep focused? Well, um, I did not do a lot of baby planning until my internship was over, like, I actually, um, it took a few months for me to get on my husband's health insurance because I couldn't contact him and I had to like call other people at the boot camp and like get forms signed and stuff. So I wasn't really going to the doctor for the first like, you know, four months or so. And I just kind of, I kept focused on my internship and it was actually really amazing because I was working in hospice and, you know, my patients were experiencing death and I was experiencing new life at the same time. So it was like kind of something that weirdly balanced out mentally, you know, like, yeah. like I have this baby growing inside me and my patient is laying there dying in front of me. Like it's, so it was actually kind of a really cool experience. Like it, it kind of made me just feel peaceful, like all of it at the same time. So, wow, that's yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> I I'm just in awe that you were able to do all of that at once, and especially with your husband not there with you. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I would be able to do it again. So no, yeah, it's one know. of those things where you look back and you're like, yeah, I don't know how I did it, but somehow, yeah, I did it, and thank goodness it's over and done with. Yeah, yeah, I just had the right support, you know, and and I was determined to get that certification. Like I was, that was one thing I was really scared that my pregnancy would get in the way of my motivation towards my certification. And so I just kind of kept going forward until I got that. And then I let myself, you know, be pregnant and fat and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so. What, at what point in your pregnancy were you when you finished your internship? Um, so I finished my internship like mid-January and I was due in April. So I, had, I guess I had just hit the third trimester at that point. And, um, yeah, I actually took my certification exam when I was, like, 37 weeks pregnant. (laughs) No kidding. So, yeah, I'm, like, sitting there 
taking the test and I'm like, I just really hope I don't go in labor. <laughs> but if I do, I have to finish this test. Right. So, and I passed, so I didn't have to take it again. Nice. You know, so that's good. Yeah. yeah. One last thing to cross off the list before you have a baby. Yes. <laughs> it was a big one. No kidding. So did you plan at that point on waiting until after the baby was born to pursue any clinical work or professional work in general? Yes. Um, that's, that was kind of the, the weird, um, point when I was finishing my internship and all my friends were, you know, looking for jobs and kind of planning the rest of their career. And I was just trying to move down to Virginia where my husband was and like, you know, start having a somewhat predictable, normal life with him. And, and then we have a baby coming along. So for, a while, like it was kind of just something that was stressing me out because I'm like, you know, we, we were going to move around a little bit that year. So it wasn't, it was obvious that I wasn't going to be looking for a job right away. Cause like I was in New York and he was in Virginia. So I went down to Virginia, but then he was going to be stationed somewhere like in a few months. So, um, so actually I started my blog um, which I'll tell you about because I needed a way to be keeping my skills sharp and also feel like I'm growing in my field when I can't be doing clinical work. So um, I was trying to think of something that I would be able to write about or claim some kind of knowledge of without being a working professional, and I chose repertoire. Because I was planning on, you know, challenging myself to learn a new song every week and kind of keep building my repertoire so that if, you know, whenever I need it, the skills will still be there and the knowledge will still be there in my head. So my blog is called the Music Therapy Repertoire Challenge. And that's what we do. We choose a theme every month and we pick a song of the week. And um, I asked someone who went to college with me. She's my co-writer. Her name is Becky Berg, and so um, so we write this blog together, and it's been a really amazing way for me to connect with other music therapists because we interview someone every month, so I've been able to network and also grow my repertoire and learn about new resources from other people and, you know, get firsthand accounts of how other people are handling various different clinical situations. And so, um, so it's been a really good way for me to kind of stay feeling like a professional, even when I'm a stay at home mom. That is so, so, that is so smart that you thought to go in that direction. Um, and I've talked with quite a few people on the podcast about the fact that music therapy at this point in time transcends the clinical space and yes there's so many different ways that you can contribute to the field outside of the clinic and mm -hmm. it's really exciting to see people you know really realizing that and and taking advantage of that yeah it is I um you know I've always told people that I felt like being a music therapist was more of a lifestyle than it is a profession and so I really wanted to, you know, actually live that. And it's it's been really great. Like, I feel like a music therapist, you know, even though I'm not working right now. And I can 
I can talk to people about it and advocate for music therapy because because I'm regularly talking to other professionals. So I'm still like in the correct jargon and I'm learning new things from other people. So I have, um, you know, new continuing knowledge to share. And it's, yeah, it's been really, really amazing. So with your repertoire challenge, do you target a specific population or is it more of just general all, all populations? Um, we try to provide a wide variety so uh, this month, we're focusing on geriatrics. And um, let's see, last month, we were focusing on military populations. So we try to, uh, we pick some kind of theme. Like if there's a holiday or something, we might base it off of that holiday. And then we will find a professional to interview. And uh, like sometimes it will be, the theme will be fall, you know, and we'll talk to a professional who works with kids. So then our repertoire would be children's music, you know. So my goal is like, and I would really like other people to take up this challenge too. I've talked to some of our followers who are like, oh yeah, that's really cool, but you haven't really touched on the population I work with. So it hasn't really been something I've participated in yet. And we feel like it's really easy to learn one new song every week. And, you know, even if you just sit down and play it and don't actually really thoroughly learn it, that's something that will stick with you. Like if you have to pull that out a year later or whatever, you'll be like, oh, yeah, this feels familiar to my fingers. And so our hope really is that people will, you know, learn the song with us every week, even if it doesn't apply to their work. Because from my perspective, you know, whenever I go back to work, it could be in any population and I want to be ready for whatever population presents itself to me for work. So, you know, I, I would love to build up a, a wide variety of repertoire and of knowledge of different clinical populations so that I feel ready for that, you know? I think that's brilliant. Yeah, because mm -hmm. music therapy has such a wide breadth. And I think too often we kind of pigeonhole ourselves into, well, I work with children and I work with, yeah. you know, hospice patients. But mm -hmm. being prepared and having a really wide range of repertoire is super helpful. Yeah. And I think, you know, some people are not at this point in their careers. Like, I've really kind of struggled with, I, I would love to go back to grad school or even, you know, go get more certifications because I just love school and I love learning <laughs> and I love our field. <laughs> but like, you know, part of me is like, oh yeah, I want to be just hospice. I love doing hospice. And then part of me is like, you know, I've been playing children's music for my toddler and I love, I love children's music now and I would love to work with like a group of kids. So, so I'm really like, I feel like I can go any direction and I'm just kind of following, you know, each day, whatever opportunities bring to me. So I understand that, you know, some other people have already found their niche and kind of are experts in whatever certain area. So, sure. Yeah. So I'm wondering how do you sort of form your community and how do you interact with your followers? Well, that's something we're still trying to develop 
because we we kicked off and started with the first post on January of this year. So we haven't even been going for a year and things have changed so much like cuz we're trying things out, trying to figure out exactly to do how to do stuff because our initial vision was that this would be a place where, you know, we post a song of the day and our ideas or inspirations about this song and then all of our followers could come and post a cover video or post whatever way that they've used the song and we can talk about it and share stories and really like be a great resource and a great community together. But we actually have not, we've had like five comments the whole year. So, well, you know, I've, I've heard because I'm also a blogger and I've Mm -hmm. definitely seen a huge decrease in the amount of comments that people leave, but I read a lot of blogs about blogging and that seems to be the trend, especially now with so many different social media outlets um, that people just, they want to communicate on a platform that's more like back and forth. Like, you know, that's why you see so many Facebook groups popping up now is because you can really connect with people more so than you can in a comment section. Yeah, yeah, we have a Facebook page, um, and so, you know, we kind of post links to our blog posts on there, or we'll be like, hey, we have a special guest coming up next month, you know. Right. Um, But, I don't know, but, so I always feel like, you know, people aren't reading or they're not responding, so I'll try different things, but then, like, my co-author visited our alma mater for some event this year. And she said she had people coming up to me or to her who she didn't know who was like, oh, you run that blog. I love it. So, you know, I guess people are reading it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and enjoying it, I guess. And um, and most of our followers are not just family members that I conned into <laughs> following my blog. <laughs> right. That's always exciting when it's a non-family so, member reading. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I'm kind of just trying to trying to follow and just try different things and it's definitely been helpful for me like for my personal purposes um because it's helping me stay engaged in in my profession and and it it's like something I have to do each week you know right like I have to put it in my calendar that I need to put this blog post out and so I do it you know instead of just not feeling like it or finding excuses to be busy or tired yeah, so. I mean, and not just that, but it's, I mean, you're sharpening your tools, you're practicing your music skills and yes. and networking like you were talking about. So it's like so many benefits. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So it's good for me. I don't know if other people are enjoying it as much, but, you know. Well, it sounds like it. Sounds like it so that's yeah. exciting. I'll be, I'm really excited to see how you grow and, and where it goes over the next few months. Thank you. Yes, I am too. We're trying to think of something really big for January. Yeah, for the one year. Yeah, like we're thinking big. So I don't know what's going to happen, but stay tuned. We'll we'll be waiting, yeah. And I'll I'll definitely be posting a link to your blog and your Facebook page and everything so that people can find it and participate. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's go back a little bit to the motherhood part of (laughs) this interview. So you took your board certification exam at 37 weeks. Yes. And where did you go from there? 
Um, well, from there, I went home and sat on the couch for a month, and it was awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had, I had the baby in April, and I had a horrible, horrible labor experience, oh, um, which ended up in emergency C-section, and I had to be put to sleep. Were you induced, or did it happen naturally? It happened naturally, um, but it just wasn't progressing, and things were not working out. And then my epidural stopped working, so they couldn't just use that for the C-section. And um, so, yeah, it was not really a great first-time experience. I really, I really wanted to at least be awake for, you know, the birth of my son. Sure, yeah. But, um, yeah, and then he was, <laughs> on top of that, he was a very difficult newborn, um, that actually the first whole year was just really, really difficult. Like everything, all the normal stuff, like eating and sleeping was just so unpredictable and so difficult for him to understand. And so it just made for a really crazy year. <laughs> How did you cope um, with all that? Um, honestly, like running my blog starting in January, was a huge turning point for me because from like April to November, you know, with my new baby, like I was up all night or I was up like all night and all day and I was living in a new place and didn't know anyone, but I didn't get out very much because I had a newborn who was really unpredictable, you know? And so I was just kind of feeling lost for a while and just kind of hoping to get some sleep sometimes. <laughs> So when I thought of this idea for a blog and um, and when I started it, like I kind of I kind of felt like I had more structure to my day, you know, and to my week, and it kind of kept my brain going. And and then I started I started meeting people who were also moms and like gained some really good advice and. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like that whole year was kind of a blur as far as like the motherhood part. Mm -hmm. But and my husband was starting a new job and he's in the military, so it's like he was on weird hours too. Um, but just like in the past 6 months, we've reached this really amazing like breakthrough where, you know, William is sleeping more and um I actually just weaned him from breastfeeding last week. So that was a huge thing. And, like, we started getting a little more involved in our community, and we started meeting more of my husband's coworkers. And I figured out the trolley system here in San Diego, and so now I can get out more and do some more things. So, um, so yeah, it was, like, difficult. <laughs> but Yeah, and, and I feel like that's such a common story for yeah. most moms. <laughs> I, I know I had a similar experience where that whole first year it was, like, my gosh, what am I doing with my life? I'm not sleeping. Yeah. Uh, what is going on here? Who am I? Um, yeah. And yeah, it is. It's like that that year mark. I feel like um, between 12 and 18 months, mm -hmm. things kind of just shifted and like the sun shone through the clouds and yes. I don't know. And, and it's funny. I like how you mentioned that once you started that blog and you kind of gain more clarity on things in your life and yeah. you would think that having more on your plate would would make you more stressed out but 
I had the right. same the same experience where once you're adding things to your plate that are really meaningful, it sort of just puts everything in a better light and allows mm-hmm. you to just feel more at peace with your life. Yeah. And I hesitated to say that because, you know, being a mom is totally fulfilling. Like it's an amazing thing to be a mom. And so it's not like I need to be working to be fulfilled, you know, like it's, it's like, well, I'm a person who I really like lists and I really like schedules and routines and I had the hardest time like getting my baby on a routine. And I know some moms who are so good at that, like they have these great baby schedules, but for some reason I could not do that with him. Like, like I can put my whole life on a routine, but I don't know if it was me or him, like, like me just not understanding baby stuff or, but yeah, so that's, that was like really throwing my whole life for like chaos, you know, not being able to count on things happening at certain times or. Exactly. Your whole life is basically revolving around the whims of a newborn. Yeah. That would, you know, make anybody's head spin just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. He also started teething at four months. Oh, wow. So yeah, that was right when he started sleeping well and then he started teething. Oh, yeah, so it was like all downhill. So did he like he, wouldn't sleep. Did he start getting teeth at four months? Yes, he did. He actually had like buds, like oh tooth my buds gosh. coming out. Yeah, it was horrible. I see. I kept thinking that that was the reason that Parker wasn't sleeping. Oh, he's teething. He's teething. You know. And then he didn't even grow his first tooth until ten months. Oh so, really? Yeah. <gasps> Oh my He's gosh. still missing a few teeth, and they're slowly starting to come in. But it's like, wow, <laughs> it was a long, yeah, it was... like eight months of teething. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teething is rough. It man. is very <laughs> rough. It is very. And then I keep hearing about the two-year molars, and I oh, have gosh. a really good sleeper now, so I'm petrified that that's going to affect things. So. We'll see. Oh gosh. Fingers Hopefully he'll just feel comfort through sleeping. At yeah, that that's, that's he'll sort of what I'm sleep. hoping. Right. Oh, I know. Because he's like, he's one of those kids now where he, when he's tired, he's like, I go night night. I'm like, okay. That's awesome. It is. And you know what? I think your son will be the same way. <laughs> I hope so. We're, we're working on it right now. I, you know, I tried everything to avoid letting him cry it out and Cause like I had some people telling me like, you have to let him cry it out. He'll be fine. And other people telling me like, that's the worst thing you can do for your baby, you know? Right. And I was confused and frustrated and just trying to get some sleep. And we kept thinking he would just figure it out. And we kept trying every single like gentle way, but it came to a point recently where like, it just wasn't okay anymore, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, this is starting to affect me in a really negative way. And that wouldn't be good for him either, you know? Exactly. So, exactly. And it's like, yeah. And so tonight he's in his own room for the first time. And uh, last week he learned how to fall asleep on his own. So it, we're like making such huge strides. It's amazing. It's like... Yeah, that's just been wonderful. That's awesome. And sleep and consistent sleep for you, I think, will be a game changer. Yes, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I am, um, I'm starting to kind of enter the professional world again. Um, I'm taking on 
a special needs piano student uh, starting next month. So that'll be kind of my first job as a professional music therapist, I guess. And um, he has speech apraxia. So he is three years old and he doesn't really speak very much. And his caregivers want him to have an emotional outlet when he can't express himself verbally. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to be teaching him piano. And it will be really interesting, though, because I will have to have my son with me while I'm doing it. Cause oh, wow. it's Yeah, because it's just half an hour once a week, and that's not enough time for me to pay for a babysitter. Right. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting – I'm hoping that they can interact in a healthy way or, like – I, I really don't think I can get my son focused on something else when, like, you know, you're there are working new with people. another child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I don't think we'll be able to do that. So I'm hoping, you know, he can just kind of interact in the session in like a really healthy, helpful way. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting yeah. to hear how that works. So will the will your client's caretaker be there with you in the session? I think so. Um, She'll have to at least accompany him there. Yeah. Because um, that would be if, another another option. Yes. Oh, yes. That's true. For your true. son. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to have to experiment and see what's going to work. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it'll be really interesting. It It is hard when we have, you know, these little pockets of time where we're working. And I have the same thing where, you know, I'll, I'll teach a class one morning a week and then you know the chunk of my work is like in the evenings and afternoons so right now while my my baby is home with me you know my husband comes home from work for an hour while I teach my class and then we have you know a babysitter that comes in the afternoon for that longer period of time but but Yeah. yeah it's hard to figure out childcare, especially when you are home with with your children for the majority of the time I know that's been a struggle for me, and and I feel like a lot of um, other music therapists that I've interviewed for the podcast, it's always you have to really get creative and mm-hmm. <laughs> come up with different yeah. ways to make it work. Yeah, I um, yeah, I'm at this like kind of turning point right now where my son is, you know, he's not breastfeeding anymore, and he's learning how to sleep on his own. And so I'm kind of considering going back to work in you know, more capacity. And um, actually, since since doing my blog and since just calling and talking to music therapists in the area, I've had a few kind of vague offers like, hey, are you interested in work? And I'm like, oh, maybe in like six months, <laughs> you know, right. like I'm not quite to that point. Like, because when, when my son was relying on, you know, nursing to fall asleep, I literally couldn't leave him with the babysitter. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm like, I really don't know where my career is going. It's, like, really exciting. So um, hopefully I – my dream would be to find, you know, something that I really love doing and be able to do it, like, two days a week or, like, you know, some part-time basis where I could still mostly be at home. Right. Because that's, like, the really amazing thing about my husband – you know, going and getting a stable job right away out of college is, you know, I can just 
do music therapy how I feel like I need to or how I feel like is best for me. Right. So, and you're not doing it necessarily for the financial aspects. So. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not having to, you know, just go and find anything to provide an income for my family. It's like, it's a huge privilege. Like I know that that's, yeah, that's an amazing rare. thing. It is. Yeah. You're super lucky in that aspect. Yeah. So I'm just having a lot of fun right now and interested to see, you know, what's in store for me. Yeah. How did you um, find your client that you're starting to work with next week? I actually was, um, I was on base where my husband works. There's a library there and they were having like a musical reading program once a week. So I was going to this program and they were having musicians from, uh, from the Maroon band come over and show off their instruments every week. So I was talking to the lady who was running it and she was telling me how there was a cancellation or there was an open week. And I was like, hey, I'm a musician. I'll come in and do a little program for the kids. <laughs> so I so I brought in a guitar and a ukulele, and I talked about piano a little bit. And so one of the kids in the group, his grandma, came up to me afterwards and was like, hey, I'm looking for a keyboard uh, player to teach my grandson. So, yeah, that's how, that's how that I found my Isn't that funny how <laughs> things like that sometimes – translate into work opportunities yeah it's it's amazing I I've been looking for more you know just getting myself out there opportunities like just to be able to go play in public or play oh, at the yeah. library like yeah because it's it's wonderful it's great it way is to find people well and you know you you have to look at it like yeah you are giving up your time and you may not be paid for that and mm-hmm. it might be a volunteer type situation but Nine times out of ten, if you kind of explain what you're all about, then you're going to walk away with either people's interest peaked or potential clients. So it's yeah, it's great to take advantage of those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's wonderful because they get to see you, you know, doing music firsthand. Like they get to experience your voice and your playing and appreciate it, and, you know, instead of just seeing an ad or hearing about right, exactly. someone talk about it. Yeah. So they like experience it and they're like, Hey, I want to experience this more often. Like, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's a good way. That's very exciting. So your ideal situation is that you get to stay home with your son for the most part and then maybe go to work like two days a week or so. Yeah. Yeah. That would be wonderful. And do I, you, do you envision like having an employment situation or being self-employed or how does that look for you in your ideal world? Um, to me, like I, so I would really love to do hospice again. And, um, the other thing I really want to do at some point is work with military. Cause ever since my husband has joined the military and I, And I featured a military music therapist on my blog last month. Like, I just feel so pumped about it. (laughs) And so those two things I would really love to do. So I, um, but if I were employed by a hospice, somewhere like here where the public transportation is not as good, um, I would like to be just at one facility where I could go, you know, just one residential place or nursing home where I could just go in in the morning, kind of get myself situated, see a few clients, write my notes, and then go home. Like, 
that would be amazing. Or if I was working with a military population, just like go to the Navy hospital here, see my patients and be able to go home. So that's like, that's what I would really love to have the opportunity of doing. My husband, ever since we were dating, like he's been really wanting me to have more like a private practice kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, which I could see myself doing, you know, if I had the opportunities in the space and stuff, but the business side of it kind of freaks me out. Cause I know nothing about, you know, having my own business. So, yeah. but that's just kind of something that he brings up every once in a while that he thinks would be really cool. And yeah. I mean, I think would be cool too, but right. I don't know. Well, and I think that for a lot of people, it's the business aspect that keeps them from doing it or is like the big hurdle, but you have to remember that music therapy degrees usually don't come with any business training. So yeah, most of us are kind of just learning as we go. I know I, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I've kind of just figured things out as I've gone along and learned from others that have been in my situation. And luckily there are a lot of great resources from other music therapists out there. So that's definitely yeah. helpful. Yeah, there are. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and I don't really know. Like, it's pretty exciting. I'm not really sure where my career will go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or my family, for that matter, because <laughs> we're only living here for another two years. Well, and that was who knows my, after that. Right, my <laughs> next question, being a military family, I assumed that you probably would be moving around a bit more. Yep. Yeah, depending on how long we stay in. And it's it's been a really good job for him. Actually, my husband... He got his degree in trumpet performance, and he works for the military as a musician. So, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so it's it's an amazing gig. It's it's really wow. great for him, and wow. and to be able to have all the benefits of you know the military and and the great healthcare and everything, and and he gets to be a musician. Like it's really wonderful. That is pretty amazing. So yeah, you guys have yeah. a pretty good setup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so far. Yeah, yeah, it's and he did that because we knew we wanted to start a family like pretty much right away. Right. So we were like, well, we're both musicians, like, (laughs) and so he went out and found a stable job as a musician. So yeah, good for him. It's working out pretty well. Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about um, how the blog, starting the blog, was really huge in your self care. But are there any other ways that you implement self care practices? Um, well, I, I am, my primary instrument is piano and I actually just bought a piano like two months ago. And so that's been really huge for me because I haven't had one, you know, since graduating college, I was playing the pianos at college or I was playing the pianos other places. Like I didn't actually own one. So now that I have a piano, I can use, I I actually play that a lot for, for my self care. I go back to my my Bach and my Schubert to, you know, keep me calm and let's see what else. I like to exercise. I like to walk a lot and explore where I live. Um, right now, the biggest thing that um, I'm trying to do is get some more quality time with my husband because we we actually just left our son with a babysitter for the first time like two weeks ago. Oh, my gosh. How'd that go? <laughs> It was really good, actually, because we, we kind of built him up to it because we were leaving him in the nursery at the church we go to, you know, every Sunday. 
and he was just taking that horribly. But then he started getting used to it, and we asked the girl from the nursery to come be the babysitter at our house. So, yeah, so he was fine. He was perfect, and we were just really happy to get a few hours together. Oh, sure. Like, so that's, like, something we're actually trying to plan to, like, have a date whenever we can. And, um, I, I mean, for, that's going to be huge for my self-care, I think. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That quality time away from your child, especially when you are with your child for pretty much every waking hour of the day, that's, that's really important. Yes, it is. And it's something that I did not realize was very important. And so what I wasn't really making steps to, towards making him, you know, independent, um, for a while. Cause I figured, you know, we're in a new place. I don't know anyone. Of course I'm not going to leave him with someone, but right. that was just me being a naive new parent, you know, <laughs> I feel like, it, yeah, I feel like the next, the next one is just going to have to just going to leave him right away with a babysitter. Yeah. Yeah. Things change <laughs> with the second as I quickly learned. <laughs> yeah. I bet. Yeah, definitely. Well, Catherine, do you have any advice for other music therapists maybe that are heading into internship or out of internship or that, um, you know, are pregnant or expecting? Um, as far as like going into your internship, the biggest piece of advice I would give is like, you know, they want you to go in there and show show them what you can do. Like, I I did not realize that. Going into my internship, I was like, oh, my gosh, all these professionals are intimidating me. I'm just a student. Like, oh, I'm on my observation week. I'm just going to sit here and observe, you know. And I found out later they wanted me to jump in as soon as I was ready and, like, show them what I could do. Like, I have all the education and everything, so... So that would be my biggest advice for interns. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just. Yeah, no, I, I have to say that I, I'm an internship supervisor and we have oh, okay. an intern with us right now. And that's absolutely the truth. I have loved to watch her even just in the three weeks that she's been with us so far to really just become part of the team and jump right in. Mm-hmm. And, and she has. We actually had her co-lead one of our early childhood groups the second week of her internship and that's awesome yeah talk about trial by fire but honestly (laughs) you know we realize that she's new and that she hasn't done this in a professional capacity before but to be able to you know step up to the plate like that is huge so I think your advice is on point for sure I think that's really good advice for being a professional too like I I mean even just when I thought of this idea for my blog my immediate thought was like, no one's going to follow that. No one is going to like that. You know, like, come on, Catherine. (laughs) But, you know, so I got my co-author because I was really scared no one was going to follow me. And I wanted at least someone to be reading what I'm writing. (laughs) And so, but then like, you know, when we started telling people about it, they started jumping on and like, following so I've been learning that about just life in general too like I just you know I have all this education even though I'm not working in a clinical space and I have creativity and I have my own ideas and I need to just be comfortable telling people them and like showing people what I can do and like you know just and when I meet my husband's friends like they're all working as musicians and and I get really shy about the fact that I'm a musician too but I'm not 
you know, I'm not gigging all the time. And so, yeah, I think that would just be just the advice I, I've been learning the past few years. Yeah. And I think that's always a good reminder for people. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And um, I can't wait to see where things go with your blog and with your career. Thank you. Me too. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to send Catherine a message, you can contact her via email c.hershey.mtbc at gmail.com. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Let me know. Get in touch and find the show notes for this episode at guitarsandgranolabars.com. And I would really appreciate if you would take just a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes so that it reaches even more listeners. I'll talk to you again next week.